You know, at the age of 35, I learned a new skill, brand new skill, invested a ton of time, a ton of money in the end, a ton of hours, you know, doing workshops and YouTube and also failing. Welcome to the Passion to Brand podcast, a show of real stories from people who turned their passions into thriving brands through social media. I'm Brett Johnson, founder of Passion to Brand. And I'm Dale Schaefer, founder of DaleSchaefer.com. On the show today, how Robin Lawrenson turned her passion for outdoor photography and adventuring into the well-known brand, Mother Pixels. We've all heard it said that life totally changes when you have kids. I can't tell you how many times we've heard people tell us that we better get all of our adventuring out before we have kids. It makes us feel like we need to hurry and live this passion of ours before things change. Talking with Robin was such a refresher. Hearing her story made us realize that your passion continue to thrive even in the midst of significant change. So my dad was Canadian. I grew up in Nicaragua and I moved to Canada about 12, 13 years ago. Wow. Uh, okay. I moved to Alberta. And when I first moved to Alberta, I actually moved in with my 82 year old uncle and I lived in his basement. Um, funny enough, he is a photographer. He was a photographer for the Royal Canadian Air Force for many years. Mm. And he did mm. urban photography. He shot with Nikon and um, he he was great. And so I lived with him for like about a year and a half. But, you know, growing up, I grew up in Nicaragua. I was never really, I mean, I, I don't know if maybe a lot of people can relate, but I was never particularly good at anything. I wasn't really into any sports. I didn't really have any talents. I wasn't creative. I just had like a pretty normal, average life. And, uh, and so it's funny because when I was pregnant with my first kid, when I, you know, when I was living here in Canada, I got married, I had, I had a job and I still do at like a marketing agency. It was, um, I just had like a very simple, easy life. And, hmm. um, and when I got pregnant and I was on mat leave, because here in Canada, we get one year up to 18 months of maternity leave. Mm-hmm. which is fantastic. That's huge. Uh, yeah. 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 It's really, it's really awesome. And I remember when I was pregnant, knowing that I was going to go on this one year mat leave, I remember thinking, oh man, I'm going to like learn a new language. I'm going to become super fit. I'm going to like read like three books a month. I thought it was <laughs> an epic self with all this time I was going to have. And I underestimated one how hard being a, a new lawn would be in terms of like the lack of sleep, the emotional roller coaster. And two, how isolating it can also be because uh, even though you're sitting at home with a little newborn or a baby, all your friends are still working and uh, they're busy. And it's also very hard to plan things and do things when you're hauling a little baby around, right? It's like, oh, they have to feed and I have to change their diaper or they're cranky, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't realize how challenging it's going to be and also how, how lonely. Mm. And so I remember six months in from this epic version I was going to become of myself. I was actually spending about 10, 12 hours a day just watching television in my pajamas. And... Mm. There were days where I was like, I even forgot to brush my teeth, right? And uh, <laughs> and I didn't realize that I had fallen into some sort of depression. Mm. And mm. so that's that's how my passion for photography got started. Basically, a girlfriend of mine who was a photographer, 
she said, do you want to go shooting? And I said, sure. And I had like a little Nikon cool picks, like one of those little point and shoots that, you know, 70, 80 bucks. Yep. Sure. And we went out to take pictures and I, and I, I had fun and it was something that I wasn't costing me money per se. Mm -hmm. And I could do by myself. And so basically I went and I took like a one day photography crash course and I learned about like ISO and aperture and all this stuff. And then I bought myself my very first entry level camera, which was the Nikon D3400. Oh yeah. For like, I don't know, $400. And I remember at that time when I ordered it, I remember thinking that $400 was an insane amount of money to spend on the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's it. It's just a one-time payment. It's all good. It's going to be so worth it. And uh, I'm like, that's all I'm going to buy. I thought I was like splurging a lot of money on photography at that time. But you know what? It's funny because at the age of 34, 35, I actually learned a new skill. Mm. And it was something that I never did as a child, never did as a teenager, nothing in my 20s. And I am proud to say now that I'm actually good at something. Yeah. <laughs> You know, at the age of 35, I learned a new skill, brand new yeah. skill, invested a ton of time, a ton of money in the end, a ton mm. of hours, you know, doing workshops and YouTube and also failing, mm. right? Failing at a lot of things. And it's, it's funny how you're never too old to pick something up like photography. That's you know? awesome. I mean, Robin, I mean, especially coming from, you know, moving to the U.S. and, and you know, your grandfather is a photographer. I find that just crazy that you never... You know, I guess, you know, in your early 30s, you get your first camera at that point. I mean, I just, I find that just crazy. Yeah. You know, it's really funny because at that time, you know, cell phones were out and they take pretty good pictures and I would walk by camera stores. And I remember thinking, because I was so ignorant, mm. who even buys cameras anymore? You can take great photos on your phone. Who even yeah. hires photographers for a wedding anymore? You can just take pictures on your phone. But now... Now that I see, I mean, there's a big difference. Yes, cell phone cameras are great and they do great things, but they're nowhere near at the level or the capacity that a professional camera will take you in terms of like astrophotography, you know, mm -hmm. um, just being able to edit the photos, you know, the raw files. It's just, it's still not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's reasons why there's so many cameras out there. You know, if, if all, if all everyone needed was a smartphone. There wouldn't, uh, there wouldn't be a Canon, you know, there wouldn't be an icon out there. So that's, that's, that's so true. Well, well, uh, Robin, of course, you know, we wanted to, wanted to hit on a little bit. I know through your story of, of being raised in Nicaragua and moving over to Canada. Um, what, I mean, how, how long, you know, at what, at what age were you when you moved, you know, to, to Canada? I was 27, 28 years old when I moved okay. to Canada. So I was, um, yeah, I was pretty much, well, you know, like a full grown adult and I, yeah. like I left a good job. I sold my car, everything, and I left my family and my friends and I, I packed two suitcases up and I moved to Canada. And I remember thinking, I'm going to give it a shot. Thankfully, I had the Canadian citizenship already thanks to my dad because my dad was Canadian. Okay, okay. So I was like, if I really hate it, I can always come back home. Mm. 
And so I moved here. I moved to uh, Calgary, Alberta, and I ended up getting like a, a job two weeks in, three weeks in. It was it didn't pay me much. You know, it was like a little sales job where you call people, you cold call people. And then I, I went online dating. You know, I was like, I need to find myself a boyfriend if I'm going to make it out here. And, <laughs> uh, and I met my my now husband on plentyoffish.com. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, is he was he Canadian? Yeah, he is. He, nice. He's Canadian. So you all grew up, uh, I guess, grew, grew together in the Alberta area um, and, and had kids shortly thereafter? Yeah. I mean, we, no, well, not shortly. I mean, we dated for a couple of years. We were married for about four or five. And, you know, you're 34 years old and you've been married for five years and people won't stop asking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, grandparents are starting to worry you're not going to give yeah. grandkids. Yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, I, it was, I, I wanted to have everything right. I wanted to have my career right. I wanted mm -hmm. to have a good job. I wanted to have a house. I wanted everything to be done right. And I wanted to travel and scratch all those itches. You know, I wasn't mm -hmm. in any rush. What were you doing? I guess when, when you had uh, your first kid, I know you, you talked about maternity leave, going on maternity leave. Well, I was working for a shopping center, leasing spaces, um, and for a big shopping center here by, by where I live. But, uh, but no, now I'm actually working for a digital marketing agency. Okay. Because marketing is really my background. Yeah. So you take that, you take that maternity leave and, and you decide, you know, what the heck am I going to do with my time? I thought this was just going to be a relaxing vacation, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I thought it was going to be, but you know what, out of the photography course that I took, I started taking a lot of photos and I started posting them on Instagram hmm. and uh, I mean, did I expect something? Yes. Like I would post stuff. And back then, I mean, this was on Instagram like four or five years ago where mm -hmm. it was kind of easy to grow on Instagram. Like you just yeah. have to post some photos. And then if one person reshared you, like uh, like one of these big feature uh, Instagram accounts, you get these new followers or whatever. I remember at the beginning, I started posting all my pictures and I, I posted constantly. I was spending about three, four hours on social media every day trying to grow. And I remember feeling disheartened because nobody was sharing my work. Nobody was doing anything. And the funny thing is, when I look back at those images, they were really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing like horrific HDR clarity, like. 50, 60, you know, saturation like me. They were terrible. They were disgusting photos, to be honest. And I'm like, no wonder nobody, why nobody shared my stuff. And um, so it, it didn't, it's not like I grabbed my camera and I started taking great photos. I think I made the same mistakes that a lot of people make when they first start off, which is like you, you learn a little bit of Lightroom or you download Snapseed and then you go overboard, right? With like your editing. And uh and I remember like when some of my photos were getting featured, like a couple of them, and I, I was pretty proud of my editing at that point. And uh, you would read comments, like some people would be like, she oversaturates her photos. I don't understand how people like her garbage. Like, <laughs> uh, So it's really funny because I was getting featured at that point, but not that much, right? But it was my first few features and I would go and I'd read every single comment that people would leave in those accounts and I'd be in there fighting and arguing, people defending myself, you know, and whatnot. But, you know, your energy sometimes is just better spent in learning and becoming mm -hmm. better. And sometimes those criticisms are valid, yep. you know, and you're, and you go out there and you're getting all defensive and, you know, of course it hurts when people call your work garbage, but 
sometimes you got to learn not to react emotionally and to maybe see if they do have a point and maybe you are oversaturating your images or whatnot. But yeah, I think I made all those beginner mistakes, you know, when I first started, but it, it took years. It took about, I would say, two years, almost three years to finally start making money on photography through Instagram. So when I look at your <clears throat> photos today, I mean, you have some very gorgeous you know, just, you know, brilliant shots. Uh, obviously you've improved. You, you, you listened to a lot of the criticisms that you were hearing on and the feedback you were getting on Instagram, but you also mentioned, uh, you took some courses. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what type of courses you took and how that impacted you? Yeah. You know, I actually took, well, I spent a lot of time on YouTube as well. Um, just learning how to edit. So like, like my favorite YouTuber, um, my favorite YouTube channel is this Serge Remily on YouTube. And yeah, yep. what I loved about him is that he walks you through editing like you're a five-year-old. Yep. You know, he explains everything. He goes like, this is why I'm doing this. And this is why, like, he actually explains the thought behind everything. And so I was like a student of Serge Remily, and then I would buy his courses because he also sells them on his website. Mm. So I would buy his courses, his Photoshop brushes, his sky replacements. I mean, I was a sucker for Serge Remily. You're his biggest customer. Oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still get like the text messages from like, hey, we have this being, you know, like, so he's good at marketing. But uh, a Serge Remily, definitely a huge inspiration of mine. Um, he was very uh, unapologetic in the way, for example, with sky replacements. You know, even now, like some photographers, like, will never admit to it. Or they're very, and I'm very open. Like, I will share on there. I'm like, listen, this is what my, this is what the conditions were at that time. And they were terrible. And I threw in the sky. Hmm. Right. And so I appreciated that because it helped me. So I tried to do the same and be really honest about when I'm doing composite, when I'm doing something. Um, but Serge Emily was one. Then there's also very talented Alberta photographer here who is um, who's a Nikon ambassador as well. He, he did like a, a workshop and I wanted to learn from him a lot. And so I did I did workshops like that. Um I did like a landscape photo tour, but a lot of it was just me going out there as well and shooting. And because you can sit in your computer and, and learn and study, but it's not till you're out, you know, and you're faced with conditions or, you know, you go to a location with a certain expectation in mind because you saw this location on Instagram and it looks so epic. And then you show up and there's like a thousand tourists. Mm. And you can't get the composition you were hoping to get, or it's really windy or it's snowing or, and so that's where going out and practicing and practicing in different conditions does help you grow because you learn to find beauty in other ways. Yeah. That's what we've heard often, Robin. I mean, we had obviously other photographers on, on this podcast and that's the one thing, you know, they've talked about, you know, everyone starts somewhere, right? There's yeah. no one that's just like has all the the knowledge and just as a brilliant photographer from from day one there's always a beginning and and it's good to get knowledge it's good to learn but it's it's very good to to get out and actually apply that because you're right there's so many different variables there's so many different things that can be you know by the book right and you can say oh that makes sense but as soon as you get out there it's like well shoot right it's like sunset it's like the sun you're only going to get this shot once tonight right so it's like 
you know, if, if once the sun is set, you know, it's like, you're not going to be able to say, Hey son, do you mind rising again? So I can just hold still there while I adjust all these settings. Right. It's, it's, it's a hard, hard piece. So that's, yeah, that's, that's really good. You know, really good information. Exactly. And people will post like the best you know, sometimes it's like, oh, they got an amazing sunset or an amazing sunrise and it looked like fire. So you go there thinking you're going to get the same thing. But the truth is, I'll visit one place 10 times and only one time will I get like amazingly epic conditions with like fire sunsets. And, you know, it's it's and that's another thing. It's like with landscape photography in particular, you have to be extremely persistent yep. and patient even, and it gets, it's challenging, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of like waking up at those like sunrise hours or staying out till sunset, right? right? And I just, I want to do something different. Is that what's next? I mean, is that, is that going to be the... Yeah, I just want to expand, you know, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people sometimes reach a point where they feel like they're bored of shooting the same thing mm -hmm. over and over, right? Or you've been to the same location 20, 30, 40 times. And you know, I, I find that one of the best ways for me to keep photography fun mm -hmm. is to learn something new. Sure. So um, as of last year, I started doing Northern Lights, right? Or mm. more astrophotography. And it got me excited about photography all over again, right? Especially seeing your first Northern Lights or yeah. shooting stars for the first time. I mean, of course, that was at first terrifying because going out into the wilderness when it's pitch dark and there's like bears and elk and cougars out there it's like a terrifying terrifying <laughs> experience but i got into it and I, now i really enjoy it but you know now i'm like you know what i'm ready for something new mm. and we have tremendous wildlife out here in the canadian rockies and my sometimes my lenses just don't cut it you know they're landscape lenses mm -hmm. And so I've started to follow more wildlife photographers on instagram and i've gotten seriously inspired so I just bought myself a brand new lens two days ago and I'm waiting eagerly for it to, to arrive. Oh, like a little, little kid on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Robin, like, like Dale said, you know, your, your photography, I mean, at this point is, is beautiful. So I'm super excited to see, you know, what the wildlife, I have no doubts that that's going to be uh, absolutely incredible. I hope so. It, it's like learning something new and it's also about having a lot of patience, right? Where to find these creatures and you know, get those snowy owls or whatnot. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm super excited to do something new. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So early, early on, uh, Robin, you know, when you first started posting to, to Instagram, um, I mean, what was it, was it landscape photography? I mean, were you doing portraits? I mean, what, what did kind of talk about the transition from the early stages yeah. on Instagram to, to obviously where you're at today? Oh my gosh. When I first started, I took photos of everything. You know, I really didn't understand the rules of Instagram at that point about finding a niche. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing portraits. I was like buying smoke bombs and doing like the portraits with the smoke bombs. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> epic. Those are epic. Exactly. I, I honestly, and you know what the funny thing is when I was trying to find my myself, like I was doing lots of street photography. I was doing portraits. I was, I would take my little Boston Terrier, my little dog, and I go and I take photos of her. Um, at that time I was, it was just about learning photography and I can tell you, I was having the most fun, the most fun because I was taking pictures of everything. I mean, I didn't have to go far to find something I wanted to take photos of. Mm. Like I wanted to take pictures of everything. It's like a kid with a new toy. Yeah. And then I was just posting it all. I wasn't trying to make money off of it. It was just like a fun hobby. 
Um, and then as I started posting more and more on Instagram, and I'm almost ashamed to admit this, um, I started to realize that I was getting more, a lot more engagement and a lot more likes and comments and things like that and features uh, when I was posting landscapes. More so than when I was doing street photography, even though there were great photos. And so when you get like that big hit of dopamine or whatever, yeah. you're like, oh my God, I should go to Moraine Lake more often if I can get <laughs> 500 likes a photo, right? If all I have to do is take pictures of Moraine Lake. And then it got featured by five accounts. So then I started to do a lot more landscape, right? Mm. And so that's more or less like how I fell into it and so I was doing like a mix of landscape and street photography but I was I was still shooting like portraits and families and weddings like privately but I was not posting them on Instagram because at that point I was I was getting a sense of direction of where I wanted to go with it and I and I started to get um like tourism Calgary and travel Alberta and these like tourism outfits were starting to reach out to me to want to work with me to want to buy my photos to invite me to events um, and I started getting partnerships that were related specifically to landscape photography. And so then I decided this is where I have to, this is the cross I'm going to die at. It's like landscape photography, because now this is what I'm getting known for. And this is where my opportunities are coming in. And I don't feel like starting from scratch doing something else. And so um, that's, that's how that came about. But it was a little bit of everything at the beginning. And sometimes I will scroll back scroll back and see where it all started. And I remember those moments and the fun I had. And so, and so now I'm at the point where I kind of want to go back to that feeling where I'm mm -hmm. not just kind of thinking about Instagram and engagement and whatnot, that I just want to go back to uh, growing and trying new things and having that new, that new toy feeling again. And I think that's what's going to happen when I get this new lens. I think I'll, mm -hmm. I'll get that feeling back. So let's talk about, uh, your, your transition from, um, you know, being a hobby and something that you were really enjoying, you know, really just for yourself, but then you turned it into a business. Talk about how you made that transition and began to make money. Yeah. Um, I remember people reaching out and then, um, that's when I was like, okay, I need to start using Instagram stories to showcase myself more. As like part of the brand, because I'm like, okay, I need to take this to the next level. And so I, I started to think myself more like a business as opposed to a hobbyist. Hmm. So I started to be a lot more strategic with like the content I was posting. Now, how I got these partnerships to begin with, I did a lot of engagement on Instagram. So I would tag the people I wanted to work with on every single one of my photos, photos that I would think that they would they would find relevant. So I would tag every tourism a uh, place that was relevant to that photo. I would tag them. I would write them in the comments and then I would follow them on Instagram. I would engage in their Instagram. I would leave comments because I wanted to get their attention, right? Yeah. I'm like, if I'm always commenting with their content, if I'm always tagging because they get tagged every day by, you know, thousands of people or they use their hashtag, like they have lots of people to choose from. Mm. But if I'm actively engaging, like I was putting in the work, Maybe they'll start recognizing me. Maybe they'll come and they'll check out my profile and see my photos. And so that's really how my very first partnerships came about was because I was tagging them in stories. I was tagging them in all my pictures and eventually I got their attention. Hmm. And so when they reached out to me and I actually started making money, um, 
I decided to like build a website and build a media kit, which by the way, if you don't know what a media kit is, you can really just go on Pinterest and type in media kit and you can download lots of free uh, media kit templates on there that you can just change and update yourself. Um, and then as I started getting these partnerships, I created my own media kit saying, hey, I've worked with all these people and look at their testimonials. It's always important to get testimonials um, and samples of my work and my photos. And I was actually actively reaching out to tourism brands like hotels and local places here, like Waterton or Drumhell or be like, hey, here's a proposal. How about I come out to your town, your city and um, take photos? And these are my rates and this is what I can provide. Mm. Um, so I think it's important to, to like give it your best, right? When I, when I do my presentations, I, I actually add photos I've taken at that location that I've just taken because I happen to be there. I write a comprehensive proposal. I put together an itinerary, like I'm so specific. And then when I jump on the call with that person, I sound like a local to their town. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to this waterfall because it's beautiful. And they're so, they, they're like, usually, like, wow, you've done your research. Like you really understand my town and where to go and what to do. And then another tip is I usually over deliver. Hmm. Right. So with these brands, it's like, I, I don't want to work with like a million different people. I want to work with like five people and work with them year over year over year. Hmm. Right. I, I, I value building long term relationships with like one partner over having like a hundred different ones in one year. Uh, I'm not saying I don't take like, I don't take like the one-off partnership for sure. I do. Um, but I'd rather, I'd rather find like my one brand, whether it's like Nisi, whether, which I work with as well, Nisi or Nikel or like a tourism board. And, and if somebody approaches me like their competitor, I always shut it down. That's good. So do you, do you find yourself, I mean, is it the brand partnerships and those type of engagements? I mean, of course you're, you're doing this, you know, a lot of hours are being put in, into, into yeah. your social media. I mean, is this, is this primarily where you're monetizing your account is through, through brand partnerships or what is, what else are you doing to, of course, make an income? You know, brand partnerships is one, but I also just, a lot of these tourism boards, for example, or even hotels, brands, they want content for their social media, right? A lot of it now is digital. And so sometimes I do. Like, I, for example, I work with like Tourism Waterton and I work with like Travel Drum Heller, which is like the Badlands out here. Mm. They just they just need assets. And I didn't have to post anything on social media. So I just will message them and I'll be like, I can come out with 10 models. I'll provide you with 100 photos and I'll charge you X, Y, Z. Right. Because they're looking for content. Mm. And so sometimes it's just it's. It's work that doesn't even go on my Instagram. I don't have to do like a paid partnership type of disclosure on there. They just want content for themselves to publish. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super good information, Rob. I mean, that's really, really helpful. You know, and I know there's obviously listeners here that, uh, that are starting their Instagram channel or their YouTube channel or their, you know, TikTok channel, all these different social media channels, and they're trying to grow. And so hearing a story like yours, where you just got into this. It was a side hobby. And now it's like, now you're working with all these large companies. I, mean, I know it's inspiring, right? But at the end of the day, they're probably hearing this and they're like, I know I should be competitive. I'm a good photographer. I'm a, I'm good at whatever the niche is or the passion is. I know I'm good at it, but like, 
Um, at what point do they make that transition where it's like, I'm not willing to post? Because I've been there too, Robin, right? We all get those messages. Yep. It's like, hey, here's this piece of jewelry or here's this yep. piece of clothing and you post it or here's 40% off. I mean, I can't tell you how many of those I've gotten in my lifetime, right? And and all these listeners, they're probably listening. They're like, I've gotten that. And so they're kind of probably inclined to to accept that. Here's the thing. Here's what you can do. And this is like the beauty of it. Because Instagram now, I mean, they've had stories out for a lot of time. You can do stories, you can do posts, you can do reels, okay? Sometimes, if it's something that does not go in your feed, and this is where I go back to, it's important on Instagram to be multidimensional, right? And where you're allowed to be a little bit more yourself and showcase your personality and your other interests and your other hobbies and show yourself as like, not just a, a photo a nice landscape photo is to do stories mm-hmm. so if you're doing stories every day every second day and you're showing other things it could be something as random as like your kids or you're out doing a fun activity people start to know you as like you like now mm-hmm. people know me not just because oh my picture sometimes i'll run into somebody in the mountains and they'll be like how are your kids how's you know your husband how's your this coming along how's that like they know other things about me and the funny thing is through my stories, the things that get the highest like response rates, it's like when I do something funny on my stories, completely unrelated to photography or to where I am. One time I used to have my hair long and I cut it super short and I did my whole makeover transformation on my Instagram stories. To this day, it's like my most commented, my most viewed, all that. That's stuff. amazing. <laughs> so, and I'm like, and I remember when I was like, coming out because at first when I was doing stories, it was like, and this is how you take pictures. And these are my settings. And this is where I'm at. I was very much about photography. And then I just started sharing more and more and more and more and more about my life. Right. So where I'm going with this is I did my hair makeover. If a hair salon was to come to me and be like, Hey, we want you to do a post and a reel and stories. I don't have to do a post and a reel, but I can say, you know what? I don't want to do a post or a story because it doesn't go with my with my aesthetics, with what I'm doing, with what I'm about, but I can do stories for you. That's good. Yep. That's good. Right. And I can do stories because in my stories, I'm kind of like all over the place and I share all sorts of stuff and I get good views and good engagement with that. And so that's where I encourage people. I'm like, your feed and your posts and the pictures that you take, that's great. Work with partnerships and postings that are consistent with that. But with your stories, if you're out there and you're like showcasing your life and your other interests and your friends and your travels and your activities and other hobbies, things that you like to do, your your opinions about anything, um, you can monetize your stories. So you can still work with brands that might not necessarily be fitness related or landscape related or whatever it is that you're into by 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 showing more diversity in your stories, showcasing who you are as a person, and then you can work with other people and still and still get paid. You know, we've heard this similar kind of story from a, a number of our guests that we've had on here that uh, maybe at first didn't didn't put their self out there, but yeah. once they really put themselves out there and showed the the true self, if you will, uh, it seemed like their their whole. Uh, uh, world changed for them. And, and we're hearing that from you as well. You've got over 45, nearly 46,000 followers on Instagram. Um, talk about how you've grown not, not only from, you know, the very beginning, but what do you do now to help try to grow that, uh, that base of followers? You know, um, 
You know, that's a really good question. Here's the thing. In, this is like my love-hate relationship with Instagrams. Instagram is always changing their algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day when Instagram first started, you could just post a photo of your food and you would grow, right? Then you had to post quality photos and they had to be cropped four by five, mm-hmm. right? And then everybody started posting this quality stuff. And when I took on photography five, six years ago, my photos... I would post a great photo. It would get shared by 10 people. Boom. I would have five, 600, a thousand new followers throughout the week. Like it was like consistent, you know, very, like I had a formula, right? I'm like stories and posts, stories and posts. Like I know how many times to post. I know to write engaging captions and showcase your personality and provide value and all that good stuff. I'll tell you right now, ever since Reels got rolled out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> It has changed it for everyone. So um, it's, it's, it's really interesting, I'll say, because obviously reels have benefited me a little bit. Like I've had, I don't know, out of the 20 reels that I've posted, I've had like five that I like I call it the real lottery, like winning the lottery because yeah. there's no rhyme or reason for whatever reason that video got 500,000 views. Mm-hmm. Then I'll post one two, three days later, also use like a trending song. And it's also a nice video of a nice place. And that one will get 5,000 views, <laughs> right? Like there's honestly no rhyme or reason on how reels work. But what I got to say is, yes, you can go and you can post good, consistent quality photos. Now, the thing is, I'm finding that uh, the best and fastest way to grow right now is through reels. And it pains me to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, as a photographer, it pains me right. to that because when I, TikTok came out three, four years ago, or however long that was, I, I watch it. Believe me, I'm on there and I think it's hilarious, but I know I'm not a TikToker. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be going on there doing like the hand thingy and the pointing and the thing. <laughs> like, I know I'm not going to do it. Right. <laughs> and so I'm a, I'm a photographer. That's where I've spent, I don't know, like $10,000 worth of equipment. <laughs> like the, It kills me that I will post a photo and it doesn't really move the needle, but I post a little cell phone video that I happen to take seven seconds requires no skill, no editing, no nothing. And for some reason it happens to go viral because I timed the song just right or I got lucky and then boom, I get 500,000 views and then I get 3,000 new followers the next day. So I would say any advice I would give somebody right now is that if you are trying to go, for example, specifically on Instagram, is whenever Instagram rolls out a change, be an early adopter. Mm. Um, Now with Instagram, before it was like one photo, then you had to do stories. And now it's like photos and reels and stories. Now for Instagram, it is a lot more work to grow uh, because you have to do all of the above. You have to do all three things. You have to do stories, you have to do reels, and you have to do photos. Uh, I, I mean, mind you, some people are really, they're very fortunate with reels. I know this photographer who like two months ago had like 5,000 followers and they've been posting reels for two months and now they have more followers than me. Like every reel this person posts for some reason gets like a million views every single time. I can't explain it. It makes me sick with jealousy, you know? And so what took me, what took me five years to achieve, I see photographers accomplishing in a matter of months because their reels are going viral. Um, 
And so I would say as, with Instagram, as soon as a change rolls out, go with it. Go with it. Adopt it. Don't fight it. <laughs> mm, and that was, you know, obviously what we're cur- always curious about with photographers, you know, that the introduction of reels in the short form content, you know, in my opinion, that's where we're headed. You know, this, this, these video content is, is where we're headed. And so, um, it's yeah, always, always good to hear, hear in a, a photographer's opinion, especially a really good photographer like you hear your opinion about how, you know, how to implement that into, to your mix. Cause of course I've seen senior reels. I mean, they're still phenomenal and, and I can imagine that's probably going to continue to, to grow as well. Um, but that's, that was, yeah, that's always an, an interesting thing. Oh, oh yeah. No, it's really funny when reels were first rolled out. Um, you know, I would see so many photographers, myself included, on stories like complaining. It's like, I don't, I'm real. <laughs> I think I even did a poll, like, are you going to do reels? And I think I got like 90%. But the thing is, once Instagram decides they're going to do something, they don't care what you think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very true. All you want, you know, and I had a girlfriend of mine. She was like, girl, why aren't you posting reels? And I remember this was when they were first rolled out. And I remember being like, I refuse to do it. And she was like posting because she was one of the early adopters. And each one of her reels was like 700,000, 1 million, mm. 10, 15,000 followers in like a week. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? And when I started, and because I was criticizing it so much on social media, when I started doing it, I'm like, oh my God, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone forgot. You know, you just right? start doing reels. We're all good. <laughs> so where are we headed, Robin? Going into this new year, what can your followers and of course our listeners expect from you in this upcoming year? You know what? It's really funny. This whole month I've taken almost like a hiatus, like a, like a big break. I used to be a lot more active on social media and I, I'm taking this month just to relax. Mm-hmm. And I, for the new year, I want to like go balls to the walls. You know, I want to like actually get more back on track. I want to do more, more reels. Yeah. <laughs> and, and most importantly, I want to do more wildlife. I want to learn how to do wildlife editing because I know that that's like another art in itself. It's different than editing landscape photos. Um, I, I want to learn that. I want to like really master it. I want to do more photo tours. And I also want to show up on my Instagram stories more. I, I felt like, um, you know, sometimes you go through through these dips of, oh, I don't want to show my face. I feel like I have nothing interesting to talk about. Who cares about my life anyways? We're all going to die. I'm nothing. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah, all yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. nothing special. You go through these things. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? It's just maybe my brain telling me that I need a break. Mm-hmm. And so there's no better time than the holiday season when you're spending it with your friends and the people that you love. And then coming in January, I'm just like charging my batteries up right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so coming in, come in January for the rest of the year, I'm definitely going to get a lot more serious about my Instagram. I'm already like working on a list of partnerships that I'm going to reach out to people that I've worked with in the past. I'm going to reach out to them with some new ideas, some new proposals. So stay tuned, but I plan Thank to you. take this to the next level. Whether yes. rails work for me or not, I'm yeah. not going to give up. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So Robin, of course, we want uh, we want our uh, listeners to be able to connect with you. You know, that is something you have a very powerful story and, and I can't emphasize enough, you know, how how good your channel is and how good uh, your content is. You, you truly are just a phenomenal photographer and excited to see um, what the wildlife uh, photography looks for you. But if you can take take a minute and kind of share uh, about how people can connect with you and and how they can get involved. Yeah, no, for sure. So my main um, account, well, it's uh, Mother Pixels. So Mother and then Pixels. Uh, so that's 
that's my main Instagram account. And then of course I have my website, www.motherpixels.com. I have some blogs on there, more photos, uh, some advice. Uh, on there, you might find a link to my YouTube channel. Now, mind you, I'm not very consistent on there. I post on there every once in a while. Um, also on my website, I do have links to some webinars that I've done for like BNH Photo, Nikon, Nisi that are free. One of my favorite ones was with BNH Photo. It was sponsored by Nisi and it was like from terrible to terrific, how to improve your photos. And I actually got permission of these like amazing, really popular photographers. And like, I asked them to share with me their worst photos, like how, when they started and where they are now. And so I actually got their permission to share their terrible, terrible photos on, on this particular webinar, <laughs> just to kind of show people that we all start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's the, those always do well. When you show your, your earlier crap, it inspires people that they also like, oh my gosh, if that's what they used to do before I can get sure. there, you know, I just have to put in the time. Well, awesome. Yeah, well, of course, definitely, definitely want to to have our, our uh, listeners uh, check check you out, uh, Robin. But we do, of course, we appreciate your time today and, and giving us some time just to chat with you and excited for uh, for this next year and see what the wildlife photography looks like for you. Thank you so very much for having me on. This was really, really fun. Thank yes. you. We enjoyed it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not a subscriber to the Passion to Brand podcast, please do subscribe. If you're interested in being on the podcast, please write to me at brett at passiontobrand.com or send me a message on Instagram at passiontobrand. This episode was produced by Candace Bodenbender with Max Drive Marketing and music composed by Trevor Michael Music. Thanks again for listening.